Hello and welcome to Praying on Purpose. Don't block the doorway. That's the kind of thing perhaps you would hear if you were entering a public facility, uh, perhaps even in your own home. If somebody steps inside, you may say to them, here, come in, or please step out, but don't stand there and block the doorway. We find a very similar sentiment in the words of Chazal, although perhaps not for the same reason. And the Gemara in Brachos, Tav Chesem tells us, the Olam, Yikanes Adam Lebeis HaKnesses, when a person enters shul, he should enter Shir Shnei Psachim. He should enter the space of two doorways, One should not step into Shul, stand there very close to the doorway in Davin, rather go into Shul, walk at least, we'll say approximately two feet, and at that point, you may begin to Davin. Now, in the past, we've discussed the importance of a Makam Kavua, and I imagine that for many of us, I suppose most of us, our Makam Kavua will not be situated too close to the door anyhow. But this halacha is very fascinating, because while the Gemara tells us very clear and unequivocally, that a person is to enter the shear of Shnei Psachim before davening, the Gemara doesn't tell us why. And we find that there are three interpretations that are found in the Rishonim, all of which are incorporated into the Halacha, and each of which I believe can help inform us and inspire and guide us regarding our attitudes and our uh, policies, if you will, when it comes to davening in general. So the first explanation that is found in the Rishonim that I'll share with you is that of Rashi. And Rashi tells us that the reason why a person should step inside at least the shear of Shnei Psachim rather than standing cl- so close in the doorway is because to stand in the doorway, a person gives off the impression as if davening is a burden. Imagine for a moment if I step inside and I'm standing so close to the door so it's clear and it's evident that as soon as I have the first opportunity, I'm out of here. And that's sort of my posture, that's my position from the outset. So even if, even if tefillah is not in fact a burden, even if I'm very happy to be here and I'm not in a rush and I have nowhere to go, we're concerned about appearance. The impression that I am certainly creating over here is that tefillah is, as Rashi says, masoy, it's like a burden. It's, a, it, it, it's, it's something I just don't want to have to deal with. And so therefore I stand so close to the doorway. So Chazal tell us, step inside. As if we would say to somebody, stay a while, make yourself comfortable. And it's based on this that somebody's trying to point out that according to Rashi, if a person's makam kavua happens to be so close to the doorway, so at least for this individual, it would not in fact give off that impression, right? Because this is where I always stand. This is where I always sit. Perhaps, as I already mentioned, most of us are not going to be standing so close to the door on a regular basis. But the first thing to keep in mind is based on Rashi, is that when we come to shul, we should try to be mindful of the fact that we want to create, we want to give off the impression that we want to be here. Who, would we, who are we looking to promote this message to? So I think first and foremost to ourselves. Uh, the way we act does have an impression on the way we think and the way we feel. And so therefore, if I in fact uh, conduct myself as if uh, I'm in a rush, I need to go somewhere, I don't really want to be here right now, it's something that's going to affect my, my very mindset. Perhaps additionally, it's something that could be upsetting to other people. Everybody should be minding their own business, but if I see a whole bunch of people standing by the door, looking at their watches, waiting, waiting, waiting to run as soon as shul is over. So this is something as well that perhaps takes away from the proper decorum of David. So this is the approach of Rashi. 
The second approach I want to share with you comes from Marama Rutenberg. And he says that the reason why a person should not stand so close to the doorway when davening is because then a person may be tempted to look outside and will become distracted by whatever's going on outside shul. It's true from time to time there may be distractions in shul, but by and large, we would hope that when people are gathered in shul praying, there's not all that much to look at, just a lot of people davening, and so therefore it's more conducive for my own personal concentration. If I'm standing by the doorway, however, I may see people coming and going. I'm going to see uh, people talking in the hall. There may be other things that are going on that are going to distract me. We're not going to discuss this at much, at much length now, but we will have to another time talk about other places that one should avoid when davening a shul for the similar reason that they may perhaps cause a distraction. So perhaps, for example, davening right next to a window where a person has a view of the street and is able to see the traffic coming and going, and it's a good way to sort of get lost in one's own thoughts. But ideally, the Maram Rutenberg points out that Chazal is telling us that that's not really what we should be striving to achieve in shul. We should really try to come to a place where we could minimize distractions and we could really focus on the task at hand and our relationship with our Kaddish Baruch Hu, and the conversation that we are having with God, not to think about plenty of other things. So that's the second approach of the Marambe Rutenberg. The third one, which is brought down in the Rush, a similar explanation that's found in Tosfos as well, is that the reason why a person is supposed to enter the shear of Shnei Sachim, two doorways, is because you need to give yourself a little time to prepare for davening. This is also something that we've discussed in the past, and that is that one should ideally pause for at least several seconds. Minutes would be great. Uh, we're not going to. We're not going to ask for beyond that. But to pause before davening, to take a moment to reflect, to take a moment to detach, to take a moment to disconnect, uh, to take a moment to prepare for the fact that I am about to engage in a conversation with the Rabbon Shalom. If I come into shul and I'm standing right by the door, in other words, I, I, I was in, I was out, now I'm in, and here I am, and I start davening. I have not even allowed myself the two, three, four seconds in order to gather my thoughts, in order to take a deep breath and prepare for davening. The rush says that's a, that's a problem. So therefore, Chazal tell us, a person should always enter shul, so at the very least, at the very least, you're having a couple of seconds in order to prepare for davening. Now, each and every one of these explanations, like I said, are, are quite profound, because while the halacha itself, the application of this halacha, may be somewhat obscure, the reason that I mentioned, after all, there are only so many people that could stand within two psachim of the, of the doorway. There's not going to be enough room at any doorway to have too many people standing there. But I, it, it, it reminds us and informs us of some very, very important practical principles when it comes to davening. And that is, number one, we should not give off the impression that davening is a burden. Number two, we should try to daven in a place in which there are minimal distractions. And number three, we should try, to the best of our ability, to prepare for davening by taking several moments of reflection beforehand and then beginning to pray, but not just going ahead and starting literally right at the gate, which is really what's described over here. So these are three explanations. As I mentioned, each of them are incorporated into the halacha. If you take a look at Shulchan Aruch and Simen Sadi and the Nosekelim, you will find uh, that each of these interpretations, these explanations of the Rishonim, are incorporated into some of the halachic parameters. I want to conclude with a comment from the Maharal. The Maharal in the Siva Voda Perikei, in the very beginning, he talks about several of the halachos that are found in that Gemara, in Brachos Tavches, which talk about where a person should daven. And regarding this, he says something very, very interesting. He says, what's so special? What's unique about the Shir Shnei Sachim? Why does it say the amount of two doorways? Right? It seems like a rather... Um, 
random sort of shear, a strange measure to give, the shear of Snape Sachin. So the, the Maral says something very beautiful. He says that when a person is preparing for davening, he really needs to pass through two separate gateways. The first gateway, the first doorway that I need to pass through is I need to exit the world in which I am occupying right now. My regular life, the things that I'm thinking about, the conversations that I was just having, all that's on my mind, the feelings, the emotions that I'm carrying with me throughout the day. The first thing I need to do is I need to pass through that door. I need to exit that space. And only then can I begin to daven. But then the Maral says, but that's not enough. It's not enough to exit the space that I was in. I now need to enter a separate space. I now need to enter a zone in which I am able to stand before the Melech Ma'achai Hamlachim. The ideas we've said beforehand that when a person davens, he should imagine if he's standing before the Shekhinah, that a person should, should be able to connect oneself to God, right? So there's the disconnecting from what's going on around me, and then there's the connecting to what's going on if you will, inside of me, or at least, you know, connecting to HaKadosh Baruch Hu through prayer. And so therefore he says very, very beautifully, one without the other is insufficient. He says that's not enough to go ahead and to go in the shear of one Pesach, because that would imply that I'm just disconnecting. I'm just attaching myself in the world behind, but I am not yet entering the world that I'm trying, the space that I'm trying to come into right now as I prepare to daven. And so therefore both of these both of these gateways, both of these doorways must be passed through. I must see to it that I am going through the threshold of both doorways before I am truly prepared to start davening. This is a very powerful idea. I encourage you to take a look at the morale inside because he says it much better than I did. But the idea that when we are preparing to davening, we, we, we have to sort of see ourselves and, and, and bring ourselves from one zone to the next. There we are exiting one space and then we are entering into another. It's a very, very powerful idea. And so therefore, the next time we enter shul and we walk in, come inside, make yourself comfortable. Don't stay, stand close, so close to the door. But not for the reason that we don't want people blocking the doorway. That could be true as well. There could be other practical, logistical concerns. It could be a fire hazard. There could be other reasons why it's not good to block the doorway. But that's not the primary reason that Chazal are telling us. The reasons, as we saw from Rashi, from the Rush, from Marin Rutenberg, all have to do with one thing and one thing only, and that is how could we optimize the prayer experience? How could we maximize the experience? How could we make it as meaningful as possible? And if we are able to do so, if we are able to enter shul, find a comfortable space, give the impression to everyone, most importantly ourselves, that tefillah is not a burden, minimize distractions, and prepare ourselves appropriately for davening, Exiting the outside world, as the Maral said, and then entering this new world of Fila, we will be certainly setting ourselves up for success, and hopefully our prayers will be that much more meaningful. Thank you so much, and have a wonderful <laughs>